Welcome to Awakened Path Radio, helping to spread love and light for the highest and greatest good. I'm your host, Reverend Candace Nadine Breen, spiritualist minister and healing minister. For more information, including show updates, courses, workshops, events, resources, and more, visit my website at www.awakenedpathonline.com. Again, that's www.awakenedpathonline.com. Now on to today's show. Today I have with me Reverend Janet Decker, who is a certified clinical hypnotherapist or certified hypnoanesthesia, anesthesia therapist and a qualified forensic hypnosis. She is a hypnotherapy instructor and author. She holds a doctorate in metaphysical studies from the International Metaphysics, Metaphysical University. She is also a co-creator of the Angel Guidance Board, which is no longer production, but it may be viewed on the Museum of Talking Boards website at um, www.museumoftalkingboards.com forward slash GAL7 html janet is currently on the faculty of the online international metaphysical university where she teaches the foundations of psychic development and understanding our paranormal universe and there's a whole bunch of other things that she does that i haven't even begun to talk about but we'll talk about during this interview Welcome to our show, Janet. It's good to have you. Thank you, Candace. It's good to be here. Excellent. So, now tell us about your um, spiritual journey um, in regards to being involved with the International Metaphysical University. Well, my spiritual journey is a long one, which started about 34, 35 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and as so many people who are catapulted onto a spiritual path, it happened at a very low time in my life. I was going through some really traumatic stuff and looking for some answers, not knowing anything about metaphysics at the time. And a friend of mine, I lived in Maryland then, a friend of mine suggested going down to uh, Virginia to the Arlington Metaphysical Chapel and getting a reading. And what's funny about that is I didn't even know what a reading was. Mm. I said, what's a reading? <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, we went down and I was totally amazed, completely amazed at what this, the pastor of this church could tell me. Uh, he had an interesting way of, of doing readings. He would take, he would have you take a three by five card, write five questions on it, fold it up, and you held it in the palm of your hand. And he never looked at the questions, but he would answer every one of them. Wow. Uh, I've never seen anything since then 
to equal that. Uh, so when that happened, I said, I have to know more. And that, that started me on my journey. I, um, being an Aquarian, I'm very uh, interested in anything, anything like that. Mm. And um, so I started and I began the very long process of learning so much that I knew nothing about. And it landed me um, with where I am today as a, um, a hypnotherapist, a teacher, a psychic <laughs> um, development uh, teacher, instructor, and all things metaphysical, basically. Meditation instructor, spiritual healer. All these things started from that first beginning, uh, 34, 35 years ago. And in 2009, Deborah Lindsay, who is the president of the International Metaphysical University, called me up. She's a good friend of mine. Hmm. And she said, Janet, I'm launching uh, a new project, and I wonder if you would come on board and be part of our faculty and so she then decided you know told me about the university and what they decided to do so i went to west virginia i live in maine mm. and i went to west virginia for a couple of months a couple of weeks and sat on the faculty i actually came in at the tail end of the of the work because they had done a lot of it already and um so I came in and I spent a couple of weeks in West Virginia with her and, and the staff and faculty of IMU. And IMU was launched in 2009. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, and I've been on that faculty ever since. I teach several, as you said in the uh, beginning opening uh, narrative, I teach a couple of different classes. I teach an ordination class, which is actually hosted by IMU but you won't find it on their website. It's the spiritual, uh, independent spiritualist uh, minister ordination program. Uh, it's hosted by our church. So anyway, I teach that. I teach a psychic development course, and I am the proctor for uh, understanding your paranormal universe. Mm -hmm. And the instructor is Rupert Matthews. He's the person who put that course together. A very good course, too, I might add. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And say you should know. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed that class greatly. <laughs> yeah, and and you also know about the ordination I course. I do. That's right. Yeah. Very good. Very good course. Yes. So that's that's how I ended up at the International Metaphysical International University. I'll call it IMU for short. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we thought that was kind of fun when we came up with um, IMU because yes. I am you. Yes. Uh, is one of the metaphysical teachings mm -hmm. uh, and so it was kind of neat that it turned out that way with the title of the school isn't that interesting yep <laughs> <laughs> it's been a journey uh, but it's one that has been wonderful mm -hmm. and it continues as you know candace there's just far more to learn out there than i think any one lifetime could possibly uh, encompass or or learn you know in one lifetime it's just one thing leads to another thing to another thing to another thing and that's where the university is very very good because there's a lot of really good uh, courses on the university uh, website for people to uh, begin to really learn something good teachers uh, 
anyway, I, I find that it's never boring. No. Life is metaphysical journey is never boring. It's interesting to me that about four or five years ago, I was in a shamanic journeying course at, um, in Camp Etna in Maine. And, uh, the instructor, the instructor is someone I know, but I had never taken a course from her, although I've done many shamanic type courses. Um, and when another pastor came in and she, I, and so Lori was asking, that's the teacher, she was asking everyone why they were there. And I said, well, you know, I'm always learning, always growing, experiencing. And she asked Shirley, another person who was in the course, why, why are you here? And she said, well, I'm just getting bored. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not learning anything new. So I thought I would try it out. And I thought to myself, well, actually, I said to her, I said, you're bored? I said, there's so many avenues and paths you can take. I'm really surprised uh, that she said that because to me, how can you be bored? I know. There's so much. There's so many things to learn it just one thing just leads to another and another and another and another and that's at least what i've found i agree that i can and then there's so many books to read there's so so much yeah so I, much. we can't do it all oh no, I mean, no. <laughs> you know all you can, the best you can do is pick a topic mm -hmm. and try it and if it really really floats your boat then mm -hmm. continue with that until you feel you've absorbed everything you can at this time from it and then proceed to the next door that opens because it will open another door. Right. And uh, I know when I was first starting on my metaphysical journey, I think you can actually understand this as well. There was so much to learn that I, I just became a little overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to do this and this yeah. and this and this. Yeah. I wanted to do them all at the same time. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to do it all, and it was like a sponge. And first thing you know, I was thinking my brain hurts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, the and the courses are so interactive, and they present so many things. There's videos. There's readings as everything to just keep your mind like keep filling you up it's you, you get so hungry hungry for this knowledge and you want to take another course and another and another and another so it's just it's a fabulous fabulous uh school it is i think it is i think we put together a real good program mm -hmm. and you know back when i was back when 34 35 years ago we didn't have the internet no. Right. So you literally, you really had to want, had to want to know this stuff because you had to seek it out. Oh, why? I traveled far and wide to oh, classes. My. Yep. And the only thing you could get was a book um, right. and f hopefully find a course or a teacher that would teach a course. And let me tell you, it wasn't always the greatest course or the greatest teacher and i spent a lot of time and money traveling all kinds of places largely down to virginia um and into like washington dc and places like that that were more you know more you wouldn't think that there are more awakened people but really there are in washington dc and and northern virginia and that's where a lot of the classes were oh, wow. so you know unlike today you can get on the internet and find anything you want mm -hmm. 
you know? So every, everybody today that's on the awakened path has it so much easier than I did. <laughs> well, and then we hope that the future, ha they have it even more easy. Even yeah. more easy so. <laughs> Absolute, absolutely. You know, it's time. Right. Now, you're also the lead pastor for the Healing Light Spiritual Church, uh, Healing Light Spiritualist Church, excuse me, of Edna, of Edna in, located in Edna, Maine. How did you, would you share to us, how, how did you get there? How, what, what uh, sent you from Virginia, right, to? Well, yeah, from Maryland. Maryland, excuse me, Maryland to Maine. Well, that was... <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, do I have some interesting stories. Uh, <laughs> at the time, I, I grew up in Maryland and I spent 44 years in Maryland mm. in the town that I was born in. Wow. Uh, yeah, and I had a very active hypnotherapy practice, a very, uh, very up-and-coming hypnotherapy practice, and I had had it for a few years, uh, six, seven years, and needed wanted to get out of town, wanted to get into the mountains of West Virginia. So I went into the mountains of West Virginia. I found a property, built a house, um, and loved it there. But um, there were some things happening in that particular mountaintop development that I did not like. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people, I'm a very earth-loving earth person. And I think that every creature is as important as I am, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. And so we were having some issues in the development of people being very disrespectful of people's properties and the animals and the trees and so on and so forth. Um, I was the, I was actually the homeowner's president, homeowners at development, homeowner's president. Mm -hmm. And we had gone to a vote to stop uh, the use of ATVs, Mm -hmm. running around people's properties and setting people were setting up trails and and then running all through properties and disturbing wildlife and our sanctuaries basically mm -hmm. uh, and in that meeting we voted whether to allow or disallow uh atvs mm -hmm. well they said they could, we couldn't get a quorum. We couldn't get, we only had about 50% of the people that didn't want them and 50% of the people who did. So I knew the practice would continue. And I said, well, I can't stay here anymore. Yeah. Um, so one night I was asking angels, where, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? And um, where can I go that I can find some kind of peace and like-minded people? Because where I live, that, that, area of Maryland, which is Western Maryland and the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia, was basically a metaphysical wasteland. Huh. Um, you had to travel if you wanted to go to church. You, I'm talking an hour. I traveled an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, my. Yes, to go to church and to go to classes and that sort of thing. Wow. So now we're in 1996 and uh, I'm, I'm sorry, 2002. Mm -hmm. And I, I was told to call my friend who was in Gaithersburg, Maryland, get a reading. When I say told, spirit told me. Mm -hmm. 
Now, usually, my, my friend Rose is a wonderful card reader. She now lives in Texas, but at the time she was in Gaithersburg, Maryland, Germantown, actually. And Spirit said, call Rose. She'll tell you something. And I really resisted that because Rose knew me too well. <laughs> and I, I don't like getting readings from people who know me real well because I don't know if the information coming through is information that they're picking up or just what they know and want for me. Right. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. So I, but uh, spirit was persistent. So I called Rose and she laid out the cards and she said, you're moving. And I said, I'm not moving. I don't want to (laughs) move. I have to find, I, and at this time the meeting hadn't occurred in the homeowner's development. Uh, uh All right. It hadn't occurred, but we were having these issues going on. She said, you're moving. I said, I don't want to move. I love it here. This is my sanctuary. I built this place and, and I'm a friend with the animals here and that kind of thing. And she said, no, you're moving. And she said somewhere with a lot of water and trees. Uh, (laughs) And I couldn't begin, you know, I had never been to Maine. Never. I, my husband and I had talked about moving to Montana because we love Montana, mm. but that doesn't have a lot of water and trees. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I said, uh, she said, no, and you will move by May 1st. Oh, of, wow. Yes, of 2003. She actually named the date. Now, this is like February of 2002. Oh, wow. She said, in May, by May 1st of 2003, you'll be gone. And I said, that can't happen this fast. I can't happen this fast. And she said, I'm telling you, that's what they're saying. So anyway, then fast forward to April, we had the, the development meeting or the, yeah, the homeowners development meeting. And um, they had this vote that I knew would go nowhere. And so I put the house on the market and lo and behold, well, actually, one night the girls were over. Um, there's a group of us in Maryland, five of us, who would get together routinely a couple times a month. And we, we sat down with the angel board because I wanted to know, and I know you're going to ask me about the angel board, but um, I wanted to know where I was moving to because Rose couldn't tell me. Um. So the angel board spelled out Maine. And I said, Maine, I don't want to go to Maine. I don't know anything about Maine. (laughs) It's cold. (laughs) It's cold in Maine. There's a lot of snow. And, you know, I'd never been further north in Cape Cod. Um, Not even, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I said, "Um, well, they were insistent. So I, uh, my husband and I started looking on the internet at uh, properties in Maine. Lo and behold, we found one we really loved. We went up to Maine. We looked at a bunch of properties, found one we loved, uh, put the house on the market. It sold in two weeks. Mm. Um, came back, uh, loaded up the car, and on May 1st, I left West Virginia. Wow. Uh, so the angel board pointed me to Maine, and I've been here ever since. And now, after being here, I love it here. I can't imagine living anywhere else. It's very, oh, you know, this is a, a hotbed for spiritualism and metaphysics. Um, and since I've been here, I've been found so many like-minded people that it's crazy. I thought all those years I lived in Maryland and West Virginia, I couldn't find anybody. Right. And up here, they're all around me. So one of my friends that I met took me to Camp Etna, which is a spiritualist camp. Mm -hmm. 
And the Healing Light Church is in Aetna. So I started attending. And a couple of years after attending, the head pastor came to me and she said, I'm going to retire. I'm wondering if you would take over the church. (laughs) (laughs) Which I also resisted because Uh I was 62 and I thought, I don't want to get started on something new now. Not like that. Mm. But Spirit had other (laughs) other ideas and lo and behold here I am now I'm going to go back again 30 some years and a reading I had with the same guy that did the card with the five questions Mm -hmm. Um, spiritualist church services as you know have a message portion where the the medium gives messages to people in the congregation and he came to me one day at a church service and he said you're one day going to have a church of your own and i said no i'm not because i didn't want anything i it was so far out of my awareness at that point i had only been on the metaphysical path a couple years and uh, he said no you will uh, he said, we're going down the road about 25 or 30 years. He said, but you will have your own church. So again, there was another thing that came to pass. Uh, that's how I ended up as head pastor of the Healing Light Spiritualist Church in at the Maine. What a journey. It's, and it's a great journey. And every, you know, you were being pointed in the right direction, in the direction, but, you know, you, you couldn't see it at cost. No, no. Oh. But and it yeah and it's true we can't all we know we're always being guided right. uh we don't always know where right <laughs> until the time comes that's true right. so now you're also involved in hypnotherapy and yes what, what led you to hypnotherapy um again it was this need to know mental stuff i uh, was working at the time <laughs> when I first got into hypnotherapy, I was working for an oral surgeon, a very mainstream doctor. Um, and he came to me. He knew I was into all this stuff. I had been working for him quite a few years, probably eight or ten years by this time. Um, and this was in 1990. And he said, you know, and he was interesting fellow because he, he was kind of open-minded. Well, somebody he knew had told him about a hypnotherapy practice that was coming up for sale in Hagerstown. And he said, you're into all this kind of mind stuff. He said, would you be interested in in going to school, learning it, taking it over? And I said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, I would. And so... um, as it turned out, I did go and get my certifications, and then he decided he didn't want to buy the practice, so I bought it. Wow. Yes, because I was fascinated with, with hypnotherapy and the ability that the mind has to fix problems, well, in the body. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, everything comes through the mind, you know, um, when you think about it, I mean, it's your mind that makes your heart beat and your lungs breathe and your eyes blink and swallow and all those sort of things. Uh, so it makes sense that if, if um, you talk to the mind, you can possibly guide or direct healing things, things to happen, like um, overcoming addictions, like smoking and all kinds of, you know, food addictions and things like that. Um, 
And so that's how I actually got started with hypnotherapy. And honestly, hypnotherapy, I had been on the, probably the spiritual uh, metaphysical path for about eight years when I, this opportunity came with the hypnosis. And through doing, not maybe not even that, um, but anyway, through doing hypnotherapy, unknowingly, I developed my mediumistic abilities and my psychic abilities. Fantastic. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting... That is so interesting. It is. It really is. Because the mind, um, what is mind? You know, what is consciousness? It's everywhere. That's right. Uh, when you're a hypnotist, when you do hypnosis with people, you're, you're forming this triangle, basically, between yourself, the client, and their higher self. Mm. And their higher self knows everything about them, right. uh, knows what they need, and it will instruct the hypnotherapist if, you're, if you can develop this. This is something that's very hard to teach students, mm. is how to develop your connection to the client's higher mind mm. you can teach theory uh, you can teach everything about hypnotherapy but getting students to understand that you literally have to get into an altered state of mind yourself mm -hmm. uh, to do to do this job well mm. and by developing or learning and it just happened for me I didn't you know, I, I don't think about it as a learning thing. It just sort of happened doing client after client after client. I realized that I was tapping into something beyond just suggestions that they would no longer want to, you know, eat sweets or they would no longer desire to smoke or, you know, they would no longer be afraid of flying or things like that. It went far, far higher than that. Um, so that actually helped me to develop my mediumship and my psychic abilities. And you also have, and I, you know, have been looking around at stuff. You also have some hypnosis, um, CDs, MP3s out there as well. I do. I have a line of, um, 10 different ones mm -hmm. and they're all available. Well, some of them aren't any longer by CDs uh, on Amazon mm -hmm. and the MP3s. I've, uh, this is another thing I've resisted. You know, of course, everybody's going to MP3s <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have to uh, change up my, mm -hmm. my recordings. I have them for myself and my students. I can send a student an MP3, but if someone goes on Amazon, and wants to buy an MP3 of psychic development, for instance, they can't. Uh, they can't do it. They can buy a CD, but they can't buy the MP3. So it's something that I need to do is to um, switch over uh, to MP3s through Amazon. Yes. And um, I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You'll get there. Yeah, it's not a priority for me. <laughs> <laughs> and some people still do see a lot of people still have cds in their cars and things like that so they do they yeah. do not that they'd want to listen to a hypnosis mp3 or no not in their car, car. no definitely not <laughs> and and they can always buy them and rip them and put them you know record yeah. them to their phones themselves that's right they could do that yes that's how i feel about that 
And you also, I mean, you do so many things, but you're also the uh, co-creator of the Angel Guidance Board. You talked a little bit about it. And so for our listeners who don't know what an Angel Guidance Board is, could you explain uh, it to us what it is? Yes. How it's you an, developed it? Yep. It's an Oracle board, like a, like a Ouija board, mm-hmm. only um, it's with angels. Now, you know, I, I have this very creative streak in me mm-hmm. and a girlfriend and I were wondering, we wanted to do something together. We wanted to create something. And so um, I came up with the idea of like an angel board. Mm-hmm. And what we would do is make it very light, very bright. A lot of people are afraid of, of Oracle boards. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted... It's a, it's a good way to open psychic channels yes. and mediumistic channels. Um, but we wanted people not to be afraid. So we started talking and just between us collaborating on what would, what would be something we could do that would, you know, benefit people and they wouldn't be afraid to use it. So we came up with angels. Now, this is an interesting story in and of itself too. We, I was living in Hagerstown at the time and I had my practice. Uh, hypnotherapy practice. So it was 1995. Um, we thought, well, well, we had an idea. Neither one of us are artists, but we had an idea for a design of the board. And we went to a local person and said, could you, told him what we wanted. Could you design the angels? And he said, well, what kind of angels do you want? And I said, well, I don't know. How many kinds of angels are there? <laughs> <laughs> You know, who thinks about that, right? An, an artist, that's who right, thinks about that. Artist. And he said, well, there's Renaissance angels and there's little Cupid type angels. I said, oh, for heaven's right. <laughs> right. I said, oh, for heaven's sake. I said, <laughs> you come up with something. So we gave the project to him. And lo and behold, a week later, he calls and he said, I want you to come look at what I've done. And I couldn't believe he had this sketched out so fast. And they were perfect. They were perfect. And so we told him other designs we wanted on the board beside the angels. Um, And I came up with a prayer that would be in the center of the board around the earth. We knew we wanted the earth in the center. Um, one of the things that we have to remember as spiritualist metaphysicians is it's okay to walk around with your head in the clouds, but you have to keep your feet firmly planted on the earth. That is true. Right? Mm-hmm. So here we had, yeah, so here we had the angels that are very, you know, celestial and cosmic, and we had the earth in the center. So I came up one night, I was saying, to spirit and just speaking out. I was actually talking to my own muse, right? right? And I said, I need a poem. So they gave me eight lines and I could only use four of them. So I picked the first, the best four that I liked at the time. And that went around the earth so that people, when they would start to use the angel board, they could, if they couldn't come up with a prayer of their own, there's one printed right there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So within a couple of weeks, this whole board was finished and ready for production. Um, and we sent it off to have it produced into flat 16 by 16 boards. We had a planchette, a round one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ouija board has sort of an arrowhead shaped yeah. uh, planchette. Um, 
and we started producing it. Fantastic. We had a and we had a, a really wonderful um, response to it. And what's interesting is many years later, I'm sitting at a, a potluck on the deck of the inn at Camp Etna, yeah. and one of the one woman who had come. Well, there were a bunch of people there. They come for classes in the summer right. and they stay on the campgrounds. Um, and one woman, we were just happened to be talking and someone mentioned the angel board. And she said, you're the designer. I said, I'm one of two. Mm -hmm. And she said, I can't believe it. She said, years ago, I bought one. I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Isn't that something? So that's how I'm, you know, I used to board myself. My girlfriends and I would get together and we would have a, an evening of talking to angels through the angel board. So uh, that particular year, 1995, first of all, the project came about so quickly and happened so quickly. We knew it was meant to be. That's right. Yeah. Right. And um, so anyway, the, um, I was going to say, oh, in 1995 was we are, as we are um, producing this, I, one of the places we sent the board to was a catalog called Red Rose, and it was a metaphysical catalog. They're no longer, they don't exist anymore. But the owner of the Red Rose catalog, one of the, I guess the CEO called me and she said, are you aware that there's two other angel boards that have come before us this year all of them created all three of them created by uh two women oh. i couldn't believe it she wow. said we've never had any and this year alone we've had three and she said two one one couple the one woman uh is was in newport beach virginia and then we were in maryland and then there was a uh, two women in california hmm. And she said, and I have to tell you, this is the most beautiful board I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah. She said, it's gorgeous. She said, but I thought it was interesting. So that just goes to show you, Candace, that when you put an idea out there, it's up for grabs. That is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. Now, you've taught um, spiritual practices at both the high, the high school and the college level. Are mm -hmm. there any differences in regards to... Um, spiritual development and expectations between the two levels, the high school and the college? Well, I, I believe my own personal feelings on that are that the college level students um, are more well-read. Mm -hmm. They have a greater understanding at the college level mm -hmm. what, you're, what you're talking about. Right. Um, not to say that the high school level students don't know. They're just not they haven't read as much. Right. Um, they, and now, of course, the online stuff. You know, they're, they're, um, what they're interested in is very different yep. from what college-level, university-level students are interested in. Mm -hmm. um, however, they're interested. Right. And here's the thing about uh, spiritual practices. The younger someone begins a spiritual practice, mm -hmm. the more powerful it is. Mm -hmm. um, as youngsters or children, um, even, you know, whether it's uh, grade level, grade school or high school level, are very open to ideas. Mm 
they haven't begun to close down. So, so are college level students. Mm -hmm. um, I actually got started very late onto a spiritual path. I was 32 years old. And so I'm, in a way that's good, in a way it's bad. I'm not very, at 32, I'm not gullible, right? right I don't right. believe everything right. someone tells me. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so, but at, at, it makes it harder at 32 and, and later in life to believe things. You're, you're more skeptical. Mm -hmm. And I really need a lot of proof a lot of proof <laughs> and so things come a little bit harder uh in that with the mediumship and the psychic stuff mm -hmm. uh, because my brain's always saying is this real or is this not i don't know if this is real but but the kids they're like oh yeah why not yeah sure right they don't you know it's like they're more open That's and true. So what's interesting is this whole semantics, though, around words and what um, what happens with words. Like I have several friends that taught grade school, uh, elementary, and they are very into metaphysical and spiritual practices. One of the things one of my friends wanted to do was to start the children, elementary students, into medium, into meditation. Mm -hmm. uh, thought if they learned it early, right, it would, it would, it would help them through their whole life. And, but she couldn't call it meditation. Oh. So she would have uh, imagination circles. Ah, nice. How about that? That's nice. Yes. Nice. And, and, and I, know, I know in some of the, not to cut you off, I, um, I noticed my husband was telling me this as well, because he's a, still a public school teacher. And he went to visit a, as part of uh, what he does, he uh, went to visit a, another high school. I think it was a high, yeah, it was a high school. And they had meditation. They did meditations. Mm -hmm. And then they called it meditation. I guess they're more accepting of it now. Yeah. Also at my son's school, he's only in first grade. And um, in their library class, they have a chime. So before they begin, uh, before they begin uh, their lesson in the library, the librarian does the chime and they're all to be quiet and close their eyes for two minutes. They don't call it meditation because it's a different, um, it's a different town and mm -hmm. this, particular town is sort of not that open to mm -hmm. stuff like that and, I mean calling it what it is so they don't call it what the, what it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, which is strange but true and I mean I think that's and I've I've, ta I've taught my children at home meditation and I call it meditation but that's because it's my house <laughs> of course of course <laughs> yeah um, a rose by any other name is still a rose, right? right? <laughs> right. But it, it is crazy the way towns and um, mm -hmm. states get locked into certain words that are mm -hmm. taboo, and it's crazy to mm -hmm. me. Um, but it is what it is. So, you know, my hat was off to my friend who came up with the idea of an imagination circle. That's so nice. And here's the thing that a lot of people don't know, but children have very short, they might know this, but they don't relate it to the topic of meditation, um, is children have very short um, um, 
time, uh, what's the word I want? Attention spans? Attention spans, that's it, thank you. Um, very short. So, you know, um, a two, what you were saying, a two-minute quiet time hmm. is probably good because too much longer than that and they're going to lose it anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, it's actually proportionate a lot to the age of the student yeah. or uh, the age of the child. You know, like if you've got a six-year-old child, uh, rule of thumb is they have a six-minute attention span. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and as we get older, of course, that that does increase. And um, that I loved working with children in my hypnotherapy practice mm -hmm. because I had a hundred percent success rate with children. That's fantastic. Children are so open and they believe yeah. everything. And they don't have all the hangups that we, you know, we have in reservations that we have when we become adults. We become so rigid when we become adults. It's precisely. Oh, it's awful. It is awful. And I, and you, I could see it. It was very clear in hypnotherapy practice um, that all the, all the kids, and I'm talking up to about the age of 15 or 16, mm -hmm. some, with some it was a little older. I mean, it was 100% success, whatever I did with them, whether it was uh, attention span, uh, learning, a lot of them would come, uh, especially the older students, because they had test anxiety and right. things like that. Um, and up to like 16, 18, and then it starts, you start to get all the, well, I don't know if I believe that. And I don't know, you know, this kind of thing going on. <laughs> yeah, the doubting starts. <laughs> yes, it does. And, it, and you need that too. Right. You know, you really do have to have that. But um, it just, it's more difficult working with older people than it is with the youngsters. And um, once upon a time, I used to teach yoga. And I remember some, I had a little shop. And um, these, high, these high school kids, uh, they were probably like 15, 16, were walking by and they decided to come in. It's something fun to do. So, and they were, they were so receptive. And at first they told me, oh, was, is that really going to feel good? Is that really going to help? I said, yeah, it will. Just let me help you. And it's amazing. They, they, would, they just were so open-minded didn't and fell right into it and it was yes. you know much easier working with them than it was my adult students see that's exactly <laughs> what i was saying you you know firsthand it's yeah. true right it's true give me a, a, a kid mm -hmm. actually i loved working with the age groups of like 10 through oh, 16 yeah. 17 yeah. loved it uh give me one of those and uh <laughs> any day exactly <laughs> I agree with you. Now, speaking of challenges, um, what do you see as challenges in relation to spiritualism and metaphysical related spiritual practices becoming part of what is often called the mainstream society? I mean, you talked about uh, meditations and the imagination circle. Um, one of the challenges could be just linguistics as one of them. Um, but what do you, what other challenge, what do you see as challenges, other cha as other challenges? You know, I see it the same as it's always been, Candace. Mm. Um, people are reluctant to change. Mm. They're reluctant to open their awareness to other methods or means of, of learning to live in life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we as a society have placed all of our efforts 
in teaching kids and you know um, how to use their left brain very logical you know uh, mathematics is a logical uh, thing science sciences and history and this is all left brain stuff right. and until we start that's my feelings until we start having people children start at a young age understand that their right brain is just as important as their left brain mm -hmm. and to think more openly think outside of the box heaven forbid we think outside of the box no, huh? right <laughs> i mean oh my the sky's going to fall on us right. uh, if huh. we do that and until we can uh, develop this attitude that the right brain has as great a function of even honestly to me a greater function than the left brain mm -hmm. uh, we're not the the challenges will continue to be what they are and have always been I have a friend another my niece actually in South Carolina um, talked to me and she said do you know anything about empaths and if you do do you know enough to talk to someone about it I said oh for heaven's sake I said of course I know about empaths and you know <laughs> she should know me well enough to right, know, right? Um, <laughs> um, and so it's her it's her uh, partner and um, he's very scientific he's yeah. a designer of all things he designs weapons oh. uh, for a company yep and but here's the thing now he's 35 40 years old mm. and he's apparently very empathic and this is disturbing to him oh it is <laughs> yes it's very disturbing because it doesn't fit in the scientific mold right it's right. feelings right. you know it's not logic um, and so it's all about feelings and the intuition and she said he does it's very disconcerting to him and so I said you know what Cindy he needs to start applying his science what he looks at as science to the um, to intuition mm -hmm. look at it from a scientific standpoint I said here's the thing we're all walking antennas it's all energy everything is energy mm -hmm. and if you are aware of that if you can understand that then you can understand why there are empaths right uh, because we're picking up on each other's energy field constantly all day long if we're within somebody else's you know energy field that's true and, and I said if he just would apply the logic of his own science to this realization he would understand it uh, and not be afraid of it and not be find it very disconcerting um, and so she said, I didn't hear any more from her because I thought I'd get a call from him that he'd want to discuss it. So I didn't hear from her, so I talked to her. I said, did he, was he receptive at all about what I said? She said, yeah, but he has to think about it a while and he doesn't want to tell anybody. Oh, so he's he afraid and, and embarrassed of what other people are going to think about him. Absolutely, and That's this is common. common. Such a common theme. Oh, it's very common. I mean, and it's, and it's, it's, you know, because of the, the, I guess, uh, the stereotype maybe, if for lack of a better word, that goes with being an empath or having psychic abilities or, or, or being a medium, any of that, any of that in the mainstream society, it's looked at as, oh goodness, that person's crazy. 
the hearing voices, all of this, and it looked, it's their witch, all these things. It makes the society comes and says those things, makes it look bad. And then we have people who are gift, who have these wonderful gifts, who are afraid to talk about them and don't know where to go. And then they think they're going crazy. And things like that. That's exactly right. And isn't that sad? Imagine the level of healers we might have out there mm -hmm. if they would just be willing and open to discuss it. Mm -hmm. uh, if, they felt, if they felt safe enough to mm -hmm. discuss it. And people don't feel safe. Um, like I said, when I was in Maryland and West Virginia, it was a metaphysical wasteland. wasteland. There was no way mm -hmm. I could open a conversation to mm -hmm. anyone about any of this. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so tragic. It is tragic. A lot of people I, could have benefited from it. Yes, yes. And this is this man. I I don't know what what are his capabilities. They may be vast. Right. You know, and and here they are neglected. Right. Uh, when when right now on this planet we need every healer, um, mm -hmm. every psychic, and every medium mm -hmm. to be aligned with the light and to help each other. Right. So it's it's kind of sad, but yes, I see the challenges the same today as they were 35 years ago for me. Yeah, and I, I we believe you're right. There's still that fear. There's still that fear. There's still that that negative feeling that's associated with uh, anything in the metaphysical world. In uh, a quick example, I knew a woman who was taking a yoga class, not my yoga class, but she was taking a yoga class, and. Um, she had told me that she was afraid of um, the, the, the ending part, uh, the ending part of the yoga where they have you relax and breathe and all that. Mm -hmm. And she said she was afraid of it because she's a, she was afraid that her mind would not, she wouldn't be able to control her mind. And <laughs> that she, and that, go ahead. she was afraid of, what did she say, summoning, evil and i said oh my are you <laughs> i don't believe that that's going to happen during that part it's not meant for that um but she was afraid of the the last part so she would not participate in the um meditation part at the end because she that, was afraid that's common it is so common i you know i had people this is the truth, and this still boggles my mind. I would have clients as a hypnotherapist that would come in and say, I, no one can know I'm here. Um, <laughs> and especially my pastors of my church, oh, my, because they think this is working yeah. through the devil. Mm -hmm. um, so many times. Oh, my goodness. It, it's so crazy to <laughs> me. I'm like, why is this? Well, we know. If you look yeah. at the history, you know. Right. Uh, I was in a, um, I used to do a lot of talks for the Rotary Clubs and the Lions Clubs and things like that mm -hmm. as a hypnotherapist. And in one of them, I'll never forget it. It was a breakfast talk, which I'm not a morning person. <laughs> and I had to be at this breakfast at seven o'clock. And I oh, thought, oh, great. <laughs> It'd be great. I got to think this early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> this should be really fun. So I had my breakfast and I stood up there and I started to talk and I had a man raise his hand in the crowd and he said, well, what about, um, he said, the Bible says oh boy. that this work is the devil's work. And I said, you know, sir, this is not the place or the time 
to have this discussion. I'm here to talk about hypnotherapy and how it's an adjunct to um, medicine and psychotherapy and things. I said, in a very positive way. I said, so if you want to have that discussion, I'd be glad to have it with you, but I can't, I'm not going to have it here and now. I have all of 10 minutes to actually give this talk, right? And uh, that's about all day. 10, 15 minutes is what most of these places allow you. And so he said, yes, but, and he wanted, he kept he trying to do this. He wanted to make a point. And I said, I'm sorry, sir. I'm not going to talk to you about that. And this went on three different times. And finally, he got up and left the room. Yeah. And uh, one, after the talk was over, one of the people came and they said, you handled him so well. Wow. He does this kind of stuff all the time. Wow. And they were very, she said, I'm very proud of how you handled it. Very and I said, well, I said, this early in the morning, I'm surprised I did. Uh, <laughs> should have looked at him through zombie eyes or something, you know? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Nope. What are you talking about? But yes, this is a very common thing. Yes. Um, this fear of the devil, mm -hmm. which to me doesn't even exist. You have mm -hmm. positive and negative and they, you know, and everything. But I don't have this uh, thing about devils. And... Um, never have even yeah. in my young life i never understood that devil concept yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> so yeah it's out there and it will remain out there until more you know it, we have to come to a tipping point we have to have at least 50 percent of the people 51 percent mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh being willing to look at without fear or even with fear still being willing and open to look at possibilities um and once that happens, then we will see a fast movement towards, you know, um, but you have to get that 51% first. And people and, have to, people have to be willing, you know, to open their minds, Yep. Uh, be willing to, uh, to learn basically to learn. Yes. And not be afraid. And you know, what's happening, which is good. You know, all these mediums and things on television now mm -hmm. is actually a very good thing. Yes, I agree. Uh, because people are less afraid to say, well, you know, maybe, you know, if you see it on television, it must be true, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, they said, well, if, you know, they're not afraid to talk about it. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't be afraid to talk about but it. Even those par paranormal ghost hunting shows have made people talk as well. There's paranormal cut podcast all over the place now even with that so absolutely and so it's amazing how many people are saying well you know i didn't want to ever say anything about this but i lived in a haunted house exactly that's right exactly that's so true it is so true yeah so that's you know but yeah that this is the stuff that will go on and on until like i say we miss that uh, get to that 51 percent tipping level and then i think we'll see changes but i don't know when that'll be i don't have that kind of a crystal ball no. <laughs> <laughs> <Neither do> I. <laughs> yeah yeah nobody does it's, it's no it's a time thing and you have to be patient but always stand your ground and keep working towards that end right yeah, keep, keep doing the good work you know yes that's that's all we can ask um now do you have any i know you're doing so many things but do you have any upcoming projects publications workshops classes or anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners today 
Well, that's, <laughs> that's the one question that puzzles me because I'm doing things, I do things locally now. I don't do things, I don't even have really a website, I have a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I am doing something, I'm teaching some classes in September, but they're going to be in Aetna, Maine. Mm -hmm. um, hypnotherapy certification classes i've got some people coming from uh, scotland and england and australia um, to coming up to maine to do the certification classes and uh, that's the biggest thing i have going on i don't um you know people find me now candace through word of mouth and i people you know my teaching it really extends all over the world now mm -hmm. and I teach online through the university mm -hmm. and then locally and if people want you know to learn they find me somehow they find me but um, so the best thing to do I guess if you want to know more about me is go on the Facebook page or go onto the IMU website mm -hmm. um, and I'm thinking, I have been told lately, I've had some messages from Spirit that I really should get my website up again. I took it down a few years ago yeah. uh, because I guess I just needed a break. Right. Right. Yeah. But now I'm getting some messages from Spirit that it's time to put myself back up on the, <laughs> on the web again, which again, I'm resisting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm resisting. <laughs> yeah, I'm resisting it. I do that a lot. I resist things a lot. Um, I had a friend. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at the time here. I I'm a, was a friend with um, a Lakota, the Lakota Nation, Lakota mm. Sioux Nation staff carrier, Chief White Eagle, and he passed away uh, a couple of weekends ago. Oh. Friend of yeah, a friend of mine, and I used to take counsel with him over the phone, never met him in person, but um, a friend of mine who did know him very well introduced us. There were five of us women, and he called us the Sisters of Light. Mm -hmm. And he would call, we'd talk on the phone, and he always knew when I was having a rough patch, and he would say, Sister, he'd call up, and he'd say, Sister, you're having a time, aren't you? And I'd say, how do you always know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's, you know, he's spiritual. He's a staff carrier for the Dakota Sioux Nation, for heaven's sake. And, you know, and so anyway, he passed away. And my friend in West Virginia, who introduced us, wants to have a an honoring ceremony. And she has been receiving messages from him oh, nice. at, that he wants me to be there because there's spiritual work to be done mm -hmm. some big medicine work that needs to be done during the circle and i've been resisting it it's in april and i i kept saying i don't want to go i don't want to go i wanted to go down to maryland and west virginia and my family's still there in oh. june or july so i resisted going mm -hmm. um until he came to me chief white eagle and he wouldn't leave he, he just would not you had to stop resisting. I stopped resisting and I said, all right. Well, when Jan, uh, my friend Jan and mm -hmm. I got the same exact messages, basically wow. at the same time. Wow. And I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. Cause I emailed her and I said, I don't know why I need to 
talk to you about something and she's texting me at the same time oh my goodness about the same thing we knew we were both connecting to him at the same time so i said okay i get it i'm going so i'm going in april to maryland to take part in this very um spiritual honoring ceremony for chief white eagle um and this is how i live my life now basically i don't plan far out as a rule, this thing in September is probably as far as I've planned out for a long time. <laughs> uh, I try to live in the moment and feel where I'm being guided and directed to. Um, so that's all I can really say about projects and things of that sort. Um, now, right now, now um, listen, do you have a chart? Uh, let's see your Facebook page. Is it the church Facebook page, the Healing Light? No, it's, it's a... Um, the hypnotherapy services facebook page okay. it's hypnotherapeutic hypnotic therapeutic services mm -hmm. on facebook okay. and you know you can find it by plugging my name in or plugging in hypnotherapy services uh, then you'll find me there d-e-c-k-e-r yes yeah. very good hypnotherapy services so yeah. that's that's how you'll find me for now um until i you also stop resisting. Yes, stop <laughs> resisting. And uh, you also have a church website. Is that active, right? Yes, it is. It's very active. It's um, with the website is healinglightspiritualistchurch.org. Okay. And people, if they're interested in the ordination program, they can find it there mm -hmm. under classes. Um, so healinglightspiritualistchurch.org. And that's ongoing. People can take the ordination course anytime. Right. And it's not like you wait for a specific semester to yes. do it, you know. And one more website. We have uh, the, um, the International Metaphysical University website to find yes. classes. Yeah, it's intermetu.com. I-N-T-E-R-M-E-T-U.com. Very good. Well, well, Janet, as always, it's such a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you, Candace. And it's been a pleasure to be here. It's fantastic. What a fantastic interview we've had today. I thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome, my dear. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. As always, you can visit awakenedpathonline.com. Again, that's awakenedpathonline.com for show updates, courses, workshops, events, resources, and more. Don't hesitate also to contact me on that website. You can hit the contact button and send me a message. I'm always glad to receive comments and feedback. I'm Reverend Candace Nadine Breen, and thank you again for listening to Awakened Path Radio. Namaste and blessed be.